the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, broadcasting from the pods, moving, and storage studios. This is The Ramsey Show, where America hangs out to have a conversation about your life and your money and your marriage, whatever's going on in your life. We're here for you. Call is free, and that's about how much the advice is worth. At 888-825-5225. I'm John Deloney, joined here by George Campbell, and we're pumped, right? So pumped. Cannot wait. Between the two of us, we've got two PhDs, so we should be able to get through these calls today, John. <laughs> Thanks for carrying the load for us. I had a joke that I didn't even repeat right there. That's that's me getting why uh, uh, getting mature right in front of you. America. I've learned how you deal with the bullies is you get there first. Ooh, I see what you did. Yeah, that's awesome. it's a defense mechanism. No, absolutely. You're my therapist now. Thanks, You're John. All right, let's go to Esther in Las Vegas. What's up, Esther? Hi, how's it going? Good. You? I'm doing great. Thanks for taking my call today. Absolutely. What's up? So my question is, um, I don't know if my side business is worth it. Um, It seems to be really stressful, and I don't know if it's really helping or hurting my family. Mm. Why did you start the side business? I actually started it because Christy Wright inspired me back in 2020, and I had been um, a photographer, like a hobbyist photographer for 15-plus years, and I thought, why not just go for it? I can make some more money for my family and it kind of helped pay some, you know, bills and it's my passion. So, so I went for it and yeah, tell me what's happening in your um, family do, now. Oh, my family's great. Um, I do have, I have three kids. Uh, the oldest is 14. I have a 12 year old and a seven year old and, um, they're all going to different schools this year and there's just a lot on my plate. So I don't know if, keeping my business going is worth it right now or if well, it's just kind of too much. Here, here's the here's the question. Are uh-huh. you tired and you want to stop and you don't have an exit strategy here or you'll feel like a failure, you'll be covered up in shame. That's one thing. You're just tired. You don't want to do this mm-hmm. job anymore. And for some reason, you don't trust yourself enough to give yourself permission to just stop. The other yeah. is your family's falling apart, balls are getting dropped, you and your husband's marriage is getting messy, you're not showing up to things because you're late, running around. Like there's chaos that the job is mm-hmm. directly contributing to. And maybe it's a little bit of both. But I'm listening mm-hmm. to you talk and it sounds like things are good. You're just tired and you'd rather focus on yeah. things like school and things. And so what prohibits you from just saying, I'm going to wrap this sucker up? <laughs> well, I feel like... Um I just put myself so much out there to start my business Uh and I'm in a small town, so I'm getting a lot of attention now. People know me pretty well. Um, I should probably tell you guys, I work with senior and teen high school students. Okay. So I work with um, girls. I have like a senior and teen team. So I work with them all year. I photograph them all year. And so I feel like I'm just going to be a failure if I quit. And it's kind of going to be an embarrassing moment. Um, where, do, where does that story come from? A, that you're a failure. B, that quitting is forever, all or nothing. C, that focusing on your three kids and your marriage and your home is less important than having people in your community like think weird things about you. Where do those stories come from? Because none of them are true. Where do they come mm-hmm. from? I I do not know. Um I think another big part of it is I had, there was another photographer in my um, town who was doing what I was doing 
And she kind of came out, she was kind of giving it up and moving to a different career. And she kind of came out and said, hey, I'm giving this up, but Tara is taking, kind of taking over for me. <laughs> Esther, you have Esther. Outs- uh, Esther, sorry. You have outsourced <laughs> all of your personal thoughts and feelings to others. Yeah. And until you take ownership of that, you are going to be a kite in the wind. Mm-hmm being blown around by politicians and friends and a, somebody who used to have a small business a long time ago in your same town <laughs> is is dictating you taking care of your kids in the way that you feel like you should. Um, I, I don't know what more to say other than they don't get a vote. The person who gets a vote is you and your husband, and that's about it. Maybe one or two close friends. That's about it. And then you make the choice to do what's best for your family. Yeah, I'm just putting pause on this. I think in your mind, it's this is forever. Yeah. And I'm going to let the whole entire community down. I'm too famous to stop. <laughs> and you can just go, you know what? I did it for a season. It's photography still a passion of mine. But for right now, this is what's important. And George, you and I, like, this isn't us being like, oh, shuck, self-deprecating. Like, if I just, if Dave fired me tomorrow, there'd be like a week. What happened to that one guy? And then the world would just move on to the next, like, oh, thing. And I think that's part of the fear. Yes. Is, oh, my gosh, what if I'm not needed? And what if the community goes, oh, there's another photographer. I'll just go over there. Because they still got to get their pictures taken. And so part of that, there's a deeper issue that you were trying to get to, which is we need to go, no, Esther's worth exactly what she was before she was a photographer, (laughs) after, and this doesn't change anything. Zero things, right? And one or two people are going to reach out, five or 10 or 20 people are going to reach out and say, hey, we need to get our photos taken. Where are you? Oh, I, I hit pause on that. I'm focusing on my family in this season. Here's a number to somebody who can call. And they'll go, oh, you were so good, though. And you're like, I know. Thank you so much. And it'll feel good when they say that. And you say, give so-and-so a call. He or she's great. And then you go back to being with your kids. That thing, your side hustle, can't be your identity because it it will come to an end at some point. Or you'll find yourself pro- doing wild things, taking out crazy debt, uh, buying another location, to getting with partnerships that are going to be wild or be stupid. You're going to find yourself doing all these things to prop up this identity that's not never real in the first place. Yeah. And the why wasn't deep enough for me. If she said, hey, the why is I want to make sure that we set a financial foundation for my family. This is for a short season that I'm doing this for to get rid of the debt. It sounds like she's beyond that. She's right. doing it because it's a passion of hers and she's kind of built up this clientele she doesn't want to let down. Yeah. And that's well, a very that's a, different reason. She could put the car on cruise control. Now she didn't have an off ramp there. All right. All right, let's go to uh, Ryan in Greenville. What's up, Ryan? Hey, uh, thank you, gentlemen. First of all, this is very awesome to speak to you to y'all, and uh, I look forward to seeing myself on YouTube later. So I wanted to ask some questions. I'm a newly married man, and uh, just starting off on the right foot, I've been watching y'all for a while, so I'm following the baby step, baby step two. I'm almost done. Hopefully we can make a trip down there and uh, get the debt-free screen. Very cool. question I'm con- kind of uh, confused with is a principal issue and it's this whole debt student loan forgiveness plan. I think I shouldn't take advantage of it, even though we qualify. Um, but when you talk to folks even older than you, they say, well, you're a taxpayer. You deserve that. Just like anybody else, you should take advantage of it. You're only hurting yourself and your family. Um, I don't know. I always felt like Ryan, they don't get a vote. Your, they don't get a vote. That's right. That's right. That's and right, but you're you're accountable for your own self, right? You're accountable to that person in the mirror, and you're accountable to your spouse. And uh, uh, George, I'd love to hear what you have to say, but thoughts here. But actually, you know what, Ryan, I, I've got actually got some opinions on this. Yeah, um, let's hang on. Here. Hang on to the break because this is a can of worms that okay. people are asking all over the country. So I'm gonna put you on hold, brother, and we're gonna go to a break, and then we get back. We're gonna talk about this. 
should I take the student loan forgiveness when I think it's wrong? Am I crazy? Am I setting my family up for failure? We'll answer that when we come back. show 888-825-5225 i'm john deloney joined here by george camel we're talking to ryan in greenville south carolina so ryan um just to recap for folks who are just joining us you qualify for the student loan forgiveness program you and your wife are have some student loan debt you've got some uh, little kid you don't feel like it's right you got some kids um you've come up with with uh your value system says i don't want to take this money I qualify for it. I can have it. I don't want it. And people are giving you advice. You should do it. You're a taxpayer. You deserve this all, whatever. So is that about right? That's right. No kids yet, though. Oh, okay. But no kids yet. Right. No, no kids. <laughs> so uh, wh- why do you have this value? Why do you think this? Why do you think that you don't feel like you can take it? Well, I mean, the principle on the micro scale applied to ourselves, right? So I signed something. I made a commitment to it, right? So I should honor my word and keep that commitment. And also I have the sphere of influence of folks around me that have done the same and they've made it through and they paid it off. And it was such a big boost in their life and their marriage It strengthened their marriage It strengthened their, I guess, dignity, dignity. And, um, I feel like I want to be part of that crowd, but I'm also like, am I being proud? Am I being a little too proud about this or do these older folks that say I should take advantage of it? Do they have a point? Is it something it's just strange, like it's a strange time to live where it seems like government help is kind of taking precedence. And I don't know, like, is it sacrificing our own accountability? And I don't know. You see the consequences on the individual scale. There's got to be global consequences to uh, stuff no, like this. No right? question. Um, our, our whole system is built on, um, that's future us's problem. We'll let them right. deal with that later, right? That's the that's the whole system. Is how far can we punt this thing, right? Um, George, before I, I'd love to get your thoughts on it. We were talking about this off air a little bit. Um, I th- find it helpful in these moments, Ryan, to back out of the current moment and the politics of it all. This right. is this is the COVID vaccine. This is um, should I work at this place? This is should I take student loan forgiveness or not? These things get so hot and they get so political and it clouds your judgment. And so I just want to back out and say, this isn't a strange time for people to be faced with various values questions. And I'm going to answer that question on its merits and I'm not I'm not going to get involved in the fray. And there's something inside of you that says, mm, I don't feel right about it. George, what do you think? I think if you're going to lose sleep over taking it, don't do it. And if it's going to propel your financial journey, that's fine too. But my issue is kind of feeling like you're on a high horse and you're better than folks who took it. Right. And you're going, well, I, I, my values say it's a bad thing. I pay into Social Security. I don't want to do it. But am I going to take it when I retire? Sure. I paid into it. Mm. Stimulus check. We got stimulus checks. 
all right, I'll take it. I'm not going to go like, I'm going to refund this back to the government because I don't believe in stimulus checks. So I just don't think it's a, I disagree with the entire premise of it, but I also don't have a strong enough moral compass to go, absolutely not. And you bring up something important, Ryan, and let me tell you how I personally deal with these things, right? So I take the politics out of it and then I make my decision and then I tell no one. Because if I feel like I have to announce my values, my personal values, and my personal choices to the world, then it's I'm I'm virtue signaling. I'm not sticking by a principle. I'm like, doing something so that I can make an announcement about it instead of this is a personal value. Like when people uh, take social media fasts and they have a big post about why they're taking a fast because it's they're better than all of us for getting <laughs> off social media, like that, John. Hmm. Kind of like that. So Ryan, if if man, if your values say don't take it, don't take it. And don't lose a second right. of sleep over it. And here's the thing: you don't have to. You don't have to. You're going to ask 40 different people, and you're going to get 40 different answers, right? Right. So, sit with your wife, and y'all make this decision on your own. That one that you can sleep with, and then let that be your decision. And let this be practice for future um, values-based decisions you're going to have to make in the future. And let them be yours and yours alone. I think one of the challenges we've run into is we have to make hard decisions in our lives and then now we have a platform to tell everybody about them and it quickly divides up the world and people stop being neighbors and they stop being parents on the, on a softball league or parents sit on the sidelines of, of a kid's dance recital and it becomes you versus me. And man, stick by your values. Love them. Be good about it and then go on with your day. Does that sound fair? That sounds fair. Cool, man. Well, congratulations for even having yeah. a, even thinking about it, right? Well, another piece of this he mentioned is, you know, the character uh, that you develop by sacrificing and paying off debt. I think he's already experienced that. I don't think he's going to miss out on it by getting 10K forgiven. Right. And so for that piece, I say, yes, it absolutely changes your character and how you look at money when you had to pay it off. Yeah. And I'm happy for those people. There's amazing personal growth there. He's already experienced that. I don't think he's going to revert back to, I'm just going to wait on everyone to fix my life, Ryan. He's already done this stuff. Right. I th- and I think the key is, whether you take it or whether you don't, don't wear it as a badge of, this just elevated me above you. Exactly. It's a personal choice you made. Cool. Let's move on with our day. Right. I love that. Thanks for the call, um, Ryan. That's, that's helpful for folks. All right. Let's go to Hunter in uh, Little Rock, Arkansas. What's up, Hunter? Hey, guys. Thanks for the time today. Of course, so man. What's up? My question is directed to George, and him and I have actually been talking a little bit on direct message. And the basics is I'm $6,000 in debt, and I'm 18 years old. I make shy of 15 an hour, and I work overnight. And I'm just struggling with getting the baby steps going, figuring out how it all works. Um, my debt consists of about 2000 towards my parents for my vehicle, a few other small little debts to my mom in general. And then I actually financed a bunch of, um, iPhone, iPad stuff through my service provider. And unfortunately I've missed the time to, uh, return all that stuff. And I don't really want to sell it and take a hit. So I guess I'm just trying to figure out how to get the baby steps going and how to make that thousand dollar emergency fund as a starter whenever that seems like a good amount of money I could do to put towards that debt? Mm. It's a great question. And, uh, you know, at 18, I remember being that age, and I was also buying every Apple product out there. And this starts, the baby steps don't work unless you decide to take debt off the table. So we've got to stop financing. We've got to stop going to family for loans, which is just going to destroy relationships in the end. 
Uh, so number one, I would look at trying to get your income up. I know you're, you're already crushing it. You're working overnights. You're doing everything you can. I would see in your area if there's anything else that can pay more in this job market right now. That will help increase that shovel because $6,000 is not a large amount of debt, you know, in the grand scheme of things. But to you, it looks like a mountain, doesn't it? Yes, a lot. And you're like Sisyphus pushing up the rock every day, watching it come back down going, how do I climb out of this hole? So number one, yeah. we got to get on a written plan. Every one of those $15 an hour coming in, they're going to have a job. And the job is not going to be finance stuff and go into more debt. It's going to be paying off this debt. So your A1 is getting that $1,000. And if that means selling a few of these pieces, these Apple products, whatever you got laying around, I'm good with that. Even okay. if you take a, a slight hit, because right now it's not about what makes sense uh, math-wise, it's about behavior change. And I want you to feel a little bit of pain going, oh gosh, I paid 1000 I just sold it for 600 That hurt. That makes sense. So and can you do it, Hunter? Another part. Are you willing to do I'm it? sorry, what? Are you willing to do I'm it? Willing to, I'm willing to do it. I'm Like I said, I'm a little scared to take the hit, but I'm willing to do what it takes. I guess my follow-up question with that, though, is we talked about financial peace. I thought about doing it, and I'm kind of wondering if that is a good idea for it being $100 whenever that just seems like more that could go into my emergency fund. Mm. Well, you know, as my gift to you, since we've been DMing on Instagram, I'll gift it to you today. Uh, as our, our gift to you to get on this stuff. But you got to promise me you're actually going to watch every single video, get on a plan, start every dollar as soon as you get off this call and go, no more. Today is where Hunter's life begins to change. we got to look in the mirror and stop making these decisions. We're going to start making adult decisions if we want to see some adult progress. So hang on line. Austin will pick up. We're going to gift you Financial Peace University and the premium version of every dollar. Call us back, man, when you're debt free. I'd love to hear about it. We'll be right back. Back on the Ramsey Show and on the debt-free stage, right down the street from us, we've got JB, Nashville, Tennessee, and I'm assuming you've paid off everything. Yes, sir. How much have we paid off, brother? $108,000. $108,000. How long did it take you? Uh, 30 months. 30 months. What was your income? Uh, Ranged from $80,000 to $125,000. To $125,000. What do you do for a living? Uh, I've been in supply chain for my whole career, but recently pivoted in, into uh, solutions consulting for a large tech company. Wow. Mm-hmm. Sweet well, man, you, you guys really got off the rails for the last few years. Oh, yeah. It, it was a good time to get out of supply chain. From, so. <laughs> from this point forward, anytime there's a supply, I'm just be like, just, just blame me. Freaking yeah, JB, it's my bad. JB, it. <laughs> get it together, dude. What kind of debt was the 108? Loans, student loans. All I, had, of I had less than 1000 in uh, consumer debt, credit cards, and, and, and an iPhone, but wow. yeah, all student loans. What was the degree? Supply chain and business analytics, um, but 
you know, I lived off my loans. I did an extra year. I wasn't ready to graduate, so I did the victory lap. Uh, got another major, studied abroad. I did all the things in college, Just but I was hanging on for dear life. Yeah, I was living for the moment, and I wasn't thinking anything <laughs> about my future. <laughs> that's so. a problem for future JB. Yeah, we'll that's right. That later. You kick the can down the road. That's right. Yeah. So, uh, what happened? 30 months ago, you were like, dude, I'm done. I'm done with all this. Yeah. So uh, coming out of just some backstory, coming out of college, having over 120 uh, r- right when I graduated, um, I at least 30% of my paycheck was going towards minimum payments for those loans. Mm, so I was uh, really living paycheck to paycheck and using my credit cards to, to live. Um, but fast forward to the beginning of 2020 in February, my brother-in-law, he knew my situation, but him him and my sister also had uh, some of their own loans to clean up. So they started their journey. They read The Total Money Makeover, and he gifted that book to me. And I think it was the quickest book I ever read. And I remember distinctly like getting so pumped up. I was reading the book before bed one night, cut up all my credit cards immediately, got the envelopes out, started writing, you know, what allocation they went to. But um, yeah, just started to to commit to a, a life change. Wow. So, what you know. caused that level of visceral reaction where you just went, "All right, tonight, I'm done." Exhaustion. Like I, I like I said, living paycheck to paycheck and and having this huge burden. I I was thinking about my future too. Like I I always wanted to buy a house, you know, have a family someday, start that whole thing, but that was not going to be a possibility with that huge cloud hanging over my head. Mm. Uh, how old are you, man? I'm 30. 30. 30 in uh, April. Just turned 30. What was it like uh, being here in Nashville the mm-hmm. last couple of years? You make good money mm-hmm. and deciding intentionally to not go out, to not go to these shows. There's a show every weekend, right? Um, to not go to the shows, to not go out to eat at these fabulous restaurants that cost right. part of your soul, right? They're expensive. Mm-hmm. How'd you do that, man? That's hard because there's a lot of dudes, you're a good looking guy, you're you're just turned 30, you're just officially old now, but like, for yeah, most of us, you were in your 20s. <laughs> I mean, that's the that's like the YOLO season, right? Yeah. And you chose to plant seeds for fruit you're going to eat 15, 20, 30 years down the road. Man. Yeah. How'd you do that? Yeah, I suffered terminally from FOMO. It's, it's, it is, it's brutal. I want to I do everything. I'm a really social person. And saying no to eating out, you know, going to those concerts and vacations that I haven't seen the beach in three years. And, you know, saying no to all of that was so, so hard. But I knew, you know, two and a half years in the grand scheme of my life is a drop in the bucket. And Okay, but, but that, that's a level of wisdom that most <laughs> 65-year-olds don't have, right? <laughs> a, where does that come from? And B, like, I want to get tactical, mechanistically. Yeah. Somebody calls and says, hey, I got front row seats to whatever. Or, hey, so-and-so's coming to town. Let's go watch that show. Or um, somebody that you really had your eye on, they're like, let's go to dinner. Yeah. And how, walk us through, what do you what do you... What did you do to, to stop yourself or to be able to be at peace or to make decisions otherwise? Because there's a bunch of people that say, I can't do that. Right. I just can't do that. And I always say, yes, you can. And they're like, oh, no, I can't. Yeah. How did you do it? Truthfully, I couldn't have done it on my own. Okay. Like I, I relied on my faith and the Holy Spirit to get me through that and okay. be my steadfastness and endurance throughout that whole process. Okay. But also being overly transparent with my close friends and family and, you know, you'd think they'd think I'm crazy for saying no to everything. And I took on four, you know, three extra jobs, four extra jobs at, you know, certain times. Um, I had no time for anything, but just 
inviting them into the struggle a little bit and being like, hey, I love you guys. I want to spend time with you. You know I want to be at this concert, but I want to get out of debt more. Mm-hmm. And they were they were so bought in too and they were so loving and supportive and they would find time to like take me out for meals or you know, just spend quality time with me. And that was some really, you know, special times I'll remember. Man, George, I've heard it's a great pickup line to meet somebody and say, hi, my name is JB. Uh, I would like to be your boyfriend. We are going to have to go on walks for the next 24 months (laughs) because I'm not buying you anything. A lot of uh, uh, dog park dates and, you know. (laughs) Yeah. He doesn't even have a dog. Coffee dates. It's just a good place to hang. (laughs) He's just a weird guy on the bench. I do. He's the man. He he kept the company. That's so cool that you have great friends that respected those boundaries and cheered you on this journey. That's Mm -hmm. huge. Um, I also got to know, what are these four jobs you had? Because yeah. people are always going, what's a good side hustle? And you right. did this stuff. Yeah. So I had my main full-time gig. Um, and uh, I also, I did Postmates and Instacart on the side for a time. Uh, I worked at a, I was a janitor at my church. I worked at a vineyard here in town. Um, and th- the most fun and creative way, I uh, self-published some children's books on the side. Through. Wow. So that was kind of a fun way to, being in supply chain, it's a pretty dry subject. And so that was a nice way to stay creative and use the other side of my brain. You wrote so. a kid's book on the supply chain. <laughs> Very educational. Not at all. That's, that's right. It's just a, uh, it's just like a snow globe that everybody's just yeah, shaking. Yeah, just shake it up. What was the most lucrative of the side gigs? Um, what honestly, paid the most? probably the vineyard. Uh, wow. The vineyard was a, it, but it was also a great experience to just work outside, use my hands, get to work with a bunch of great people, and um, pretend yeah, you're in the pe- south of France. People tip great when they drink a lot of wine. So. <laughs> that helps. <laughs> that helped too. Wow, dude. So, who's your biggest you. cheerleader, brother? Oh, I had so many. Um, my mom, she's here with me. She was definitely rooting me on from the side of my whole family. Uh, my brother-in-law, Earl, who gifted me that total money maker, we were we overlapped in our debt-free journey. So he was kind of an accountability partner for me and really kept me going, you know, praying for each other, having check-in, you know, phone calls. But, um, man, my, my, my friends here in town were with me through every single day and, you know, regular life, and they were just rooting me on the whole way. Um, what, 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 if somebody said one of your buddies pulled you aside and said hey what's the one thing I gotta do what would it be to get out of debt um, getting on a budget and actually sticking to it all from once I, when, when I graduated I had an Excel budget but it was just an Excel document that I had never opened <laughs> It was, it was never used. Uh, I rarely open Excel files as well, so <laughs> no shame. It's like George used to date. He's like, I'm dating somebody. We never talk. We don't talk. They don't call me. Yeah. We've never spoken, but we're dating. <laughs> but yeah, it was really pretty and colorful, but I never used it. Mm-hmm. But actually building that discipline and saying no to things and, and actually sticking to the, the, the plan that I have for myself was absolutely vital. Mm-hmm. How does it feel, man? It's wild. It, I think it's going to sink in more and more as... I can enjoy. I just paid off my loans in August, so I'm really just like so fresh. You, you've got that. Have you've gotten that one paycheck yeah, where it's all buddy. yours? <laughs> yeah, but then I had some car issues, so Murphy of hit immediately. There yeah, you go. yeah. But so I, that's what I'm saying. Like as as time goes on, and I'll be able to enjoy my income more and more. It'll sink in. Was it cool though when the car thing happened? It was annoying. It was an inconvenience. It was annoying. Yeah, I was like, cr- you know, darn. Yeah, that's <laughs> not what, like, that's come not at me, said. bro. I come can, at me, bro. I can handle this. I can handle this. Yeah, well, we're Dude. so proud of you, man. We've got a copy of Baby Steps Millionaires awesome. for you. That's the next chapter in your story as you build wealth and be incredibly generous. And uh, we also have a copy of the Total Money Makeover. Pass that on to one of your friends yep. who didn't fully understand what was going on, why JB went crazy all of a sudden, and one year of Financial Peace University that you can go through with all the new lessons with uh, me and John. That's the, really the selling point. Yes, congratulations. Sold. That's what you get. That's what you got to do. You get out of debt. You got to watch the videos.
All right, so we got JB from Nashville, Tennessee, paid off $108,000 in 30 months, making eighty dollars to $125,000, sometimes working up to four jobs to get this done. Brother, congratulations. Thank you. Count them down. Three, two, one. I'm debt free! And a yeehaw to that, John. A very Nashville yeehaw to that. A very Nashville yeehaw. What a stud. That guy's incredible. You just got to make the choice. I'm going to do this no matter what it takes. Ta-da, it happens. We'll be right back. Ramsey Show, 888-825-5225. I'm John Deloney, joined here by George Camel. And George, you have really screwed up. I did nothing, John. I'm going to agree to disagree with you, and so would all of the internet. There's been some news. Uh, People are mourning all over the world, of course, for the Queen. Yes. Huge news, very sad. But also, in much less important frivolous news... Infinitely less important. Chipotle employees say they're thrilled the change just cracked down on the $3 burrito ordering hack that was making their lives miserable. So I want to see. I want to plot this out on the, how, how it works. You go on the internet and tell everybody, hey, you're overpaying, here's how to beat the system, and the system rises up against the people, courtesy of George. I had very little to do with this. I never encourage the three dollar burrito because I'm gluten free. You I can't literally call tortilla. yourself an influencer, and you've influenced the man. Okay, here's the hack I did share with America uh, many times over the last few years: is loading up with all the extra toppings. So Chipotle lets you add, you can add extra rice, extra fajita veggies, extra except guac. That one's extra. You got to pay for that. And so here's what here's what people went wrong. They started ordering a single taco, which I encourage, and get all of the toppings on it. But where people went wrong, they started asking for all of those toppings in side cups. As in 14 side cups with your single taco and a tortilla on the side, which is an extra 40 cents. So it came out to about a $3 burrito instead of, you know, the 9 or $10 burrito. Great hack, right? Except for Chipotle employees uh, saying that the orders were beyond annoying and disruptive and saying it was a disaster behind the scenes. Five Chipotle workers in five states who asked to remain anonymous as they were not (laughs) authorized to speak to the press whose identities are known to insider explain why they hated making these viral orders. I just picture them like with the black shadow, like silhouette and like a voice changer on. Like it was annoying and disruptive. But I get it. If you've ever worked in an environment in the fast casual world in hospitality, it's tough. It is very, very stressful. So when you have a line of eighty-four people, and then everyone's like, "Hey, can I have every single side in a little tiny side cup?" and it takes you (laughs) seventeen minutes for that one person's order, all so they can save a few bucks. Understandably frustrating. And so Chipotle put a stop to the hack on Wednesday. They said it was a huge waste of single-use plastic. There you go. They used the green card right there. Boom. 
Uh, different, different, and, different, different green card. That's right. And they said it was horribly obvious what customers using the hack were trying to do, and it was annoying for everyone trying to just do their jobs. It was a poor experience for the our food, the employees, and our customers waiting on orders. Chipotle. It, it would have been cool if they just said, "Hey, we're going to make all of our burritos three dollars." That would be nice. Well, here's what they went wrong with inflation: they jacked up the price of all of their food to like ten dollars just for starters now. Yeah. So uh, people are starting to revolt, John. They're looking for the hacks. Well, thanks to you, George. You can blame me if you want. The I oppressors hope I, are closing the loopholes, man. If I have that much influence in the fast casual world, I'm doing something right. So. You should probably never say fast casual again. All right, blinds.com's 100% satisfaction guaranteed means even if you mismeasure or pick the wrong color, they'll remake your blinds for free. Free samples, free shipping, and with the new promos they run every month, you'll save even more. Use promo code RAMSEY to get the best deal. Today's question comes from Rachel in Idaho. I listen to your show a lot and often hear you and the team talk about contentment, which is very important. Currently, my husband and I are in baby steps four, five, and six and happy with our lives and house. However, our dream is to have a house with some acreage for a small farm. We're 29 and 37. How can we mentally balance contentment versus our future goals? Hmm. What do you think, man? Well, I know John, you're you're a big fan of uh, you know living off the fat of the land and all that. You live in the middle of nowhere with no cell service, so this is more <laughs> you guys align with this dream, right? And you've always wanted to have a big plot of land, and I love that. We've got a place where you can plug in your Tesla. There we go. Thank you, John. You're welcome. But she's asking, how do we balance contentment? We want this land. We're happy with where we live. Here's our future goal. We're trying to invest, save for the kids' college. We want to pay the house off, but we also want this next thing. Yeah. And so balancing that, they're asking mentally balancing it. Financially, it's pretty simple. You get these plates spinning, get investing, put a little away for college, let's pay off the house. And as you build that equity, you'll be able to roll that over as you start to look for this new piece of land in the future. And that takes some patience. When it comes to, I guess mentally, I, I don't know if I'd say it like that, but when it comes to just being present where you are and having big dreams, uh, one of the criticisms I get when I'm uh, meeting with people behind closed doors. I, I'll travel across the country, meet with leaders and business owners, and we'll sit down and we'll talk through being well and what that looks like and how to create wellness in your home and how to executive stay well. And the pushback generally comes from, well, what am I supposed to do then? If all of these things I'm doing in my life are killing me, am I supposed to just not run a business anymore? Am I supposed to not be ambitious anymore? And I always tell them, no, absolutely not. In fact, the opposite. My two little kids are growing up in the systems that these guys are building. These men and women are creating and running right now, right? I need them to be ambitious. We got big problems we got to solve. I also need them to know that that extra zero that they earn will not make up for the fact that their dad left, right? The, the, the Getting this new piece of acreage isn't going to suddenly be the place where your marriage materializes into peaceful and joy and hope and all this great stuff. You're still going to have fights when you live on this big property. Your marriage is still going to be hard. And so dream big and take concrete steps like you're talking about to, to see those dreams through and know full well those dreams won't fix me. It won't solve my marriage. It won't make my kids suddenly fill in the blank, right? Unless you are in, um, you are in situations where people are abjectly not safe, right? Then getting them out of safety definitely helps everything, right? Yeah. So it's being able to balance Let's do the small things to make sure our marriage is whole, to make sure we're great parents, we're plugged in and we're connected. We love our small community and we're doing this thing because we want we want this life, not because this life is going to do something for us, right? And we tend to cash in our present day joy for this this mystical joy that's going to come down the road and doesn't work like that, right? Well, you've, and heard, you've heard the old saying, like, wherever you show up, 
you're going to go to, right? You go with you. That's and right. part of this is we li- just live in this microwave culture where it's like, I want it now. Two-hour delivery now. I can't wait two days. And so part of that bleeds into our life goals. Right. And we're looking for shortcuts now. We go, well, we could just take on the bigger mortgage. We could do the HELOC. We can borrow from our 401k. And you're looking for all these terrible shortcuts to get you to where you want to go. But if you just sit down on paper and go, all right, that new property is going to cost $500,000. Our home is worth three hundred. What if we get that paid off in the next three years? Then we start saving up. We have an extra 2000 We could buy this thing with cash six years from now. Right. And you start to put that on paper. And instead of letting it deflate you, you let it fuel you and go, all right, this is what we're going to be about. And it's going to take six years. Right. But guess what? You're 29 and 37. Yeah. People think it's too late. at that. They're like, well, I should have had it at 25. Right, <laughs> right. And you look up and you go, dude, you're going to live to be like a thousand with right. technology and healthcare these days. You got plenty of time. Yeah. Slow down, enjoy the ride, smell the roses, <laughs> and be proud of yourselves where you're at. Out of debt completely, investing for the future with financial peace. George, when you look down the road for you, what are some things y'all are excited about? Well, as you know, John, we're ambitious people. My wife works here at Ramsey, and so I found that contentment and ambition, uh, they're, they're next-door neighbors, mm-hmm. and they can get along peacefully yeah. when we aren't always going, what's the next thing? What's the next thing? And we have a tendency to do that. Well, I'm, I do too. Yeah. I'm very guilty of this, and Ramsey's just a very driven place. Right. We're very competitive. We're always focused on goals. So what has helped us is just to sit in silence and look around and go, this is the house we dreamed about. Right five years ago yep. and this is the life we would have dreamt about when we were broken and dead it's very rare that people recognize they're standing in the middle of a blessing yes right? because you look at your neighbor and they're like oh man his grass is a lot greener uh-huh. you go to his yard and you're like oh his, his yard actually sucks it just looks different That's from right. the angle I have this home that y'all are living in is the answer to one of your grandparents prayers for y'all Yes. Right. This home you are living in is the culmination of a bunch of people making hard choices throughout the years to move their families across oceans and across cultures and for this moment, right? And there's something about sitting in that and saying, "Huh." And right? when you do it without shortcuts, it changes the way you view it. That's right. Because it's a blessing and not a curse. And we sleep well at night knowing that we're not over here sitting with piles of debt trying to live this facade of a life to impress anyone. That's right. Every decision I make is just going I think this is going to benefit me and my family, and we've earned it. And I would recommend anybody who says, hey, we want to get a bunch of land. We want to do a tiny house thing. We want to live in a van. Take a week of your vacation this upcoming year and go to a dude ranch and work it. Right? Get a van. Go, go try out this life before you let it be the <laughs> Go milk some cows. There you go, before you think it's going to solve everything. Hey, that's an hour in the books here at The Ramsey Show. We'll be right back. Stay with us. here we just launched a brand new audience survey for the ramsey show and we'd love your feedback you could be entered to win a 500 dollars visa gift card no purchase necessary take the survey at ramseysolutions.com slash survey 